0: You're listening to The Recovered-ish Podcast. I'm your host, licensed therapist, Amanda E. White. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I am here with Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Amanda. I actually realized I don't even know how to pronounce your last name. It's Varin. Varin. That's right,
1: Varin. I'd respond (laughs) to any of them. I don't don't know. (laughs) So for those of you that don't know,
0: Jamie is an amazing writer and she has a novel that just came out actually two days ago. So we're going to get into that. But if anyone doesn't know you, Jamie, do you want to just give a little bit of a a background?
1: I mean, I am probably the most quintessential, multi-passionate follow my curiosity, wherever it leads type of person. I have had many reinventions, many different ventures, anywhere from, you know, I've freelance written, I've written articles, I've written books, I mean, I've done so many things. It's um, I've just been around doing, I, I you know, I, I can't stick to one thing usually. I just like to do everything. I want to try everything. I don't have that one thing that I can't ever stop doing. I have to try and just reinvent and change my identity every, feels like every year.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, most people probably know you from either, I mean, Instagram, your account, is amazing. A lot of your posts are just, I have so many of them saved on my phone. And then you wrote an incredible book called Radically Content, which I loved. It is really all about being radically content with what you have and this amazing balance of loving your life, but how can you also take care of yourself and how can you balance wanting more but still loving your current life, essentially.
1: Yeah, and that was... That's what makes it radical is it's not just contentment because I feel like Mm -hmm. contentment doesn't vibe with me because I also want things and I like to do things. And I, I find taking on new challenges really fun, but I don't like challenges where it's like, you have to be the best at this. And if you Mm. don't succeed the way that the world tells you is success, it's like, okay, now you've taken every single ounce of joy out of this for mm-hmm. me. And and mm-hmm. I'm saying that's how my brain does it, says it, not me always, but yeah. like societally. And so, yeah, I think it was, it came from this idea of how do you balance? How do you balance mm-hmm. really enjoying the present and enjoying where you are and not doing the, you know, because I had had so many things happen where I thought, well, when that happens, I'll be happy. And then mm-hmm. it would happen and I wasn't happy. And so I was like, there's got to be another way to this because I'm sensing a pattern here that Mm -hmm. I keep getting to these milestones and I'm not feeling the sense of overwhelming, blissful, white sand beach, flowy dress feeling of joy that I expected. And it, and it came to me that it's not that it's, it's simple and it's, it's, it's actually radically simple that Mm. it's more about cultivating the everyday, you know, people say, romanticize your life. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of it, you know, Mm -hmm. like, love your life in the day to day, because that's what you're living, you have only this moment. And also, it's okay to want to go after things, you know, I mean, for example, you know, from writing a book, that is not, that is not instant gratification in any sense of the (laughs) word. That is like the opposite of whatever instant gratification is. And so there's a lot of waiting time. And the thing that you're doing the most is writing and revising and then waiting for it to come out. So, You got to kind of like the writing and the revising and the waiting for it to come out because that moment that it comes out is real fast. And if you've been miserable throughout it, I don't think that moment makes up for the misery, no matter how big and splashy and all the things that that moment is. So, you know, it's something that in doing it again with a novel coming out, which that's like a real big achievement for me. Yeah, I have had to remind myself of that again, where it's like, we're not Mm going to save up. We're not going to spend months in anxiety just to Mm -hmm. hope that it'll take it away on the day this book comes out. Cause there's really nothing that's going to happen on that day. That's going to make like a year of, panic worth it. Mm -hmm. And that's like that year has to matter more than the moment of that Mm -hmm. achievement. Absolutely.
0: Well, like you said, it happens so fast regardless of what it is for you right it doesn't have to be writing a book it could be getting the promotion getting into that relationship getting married whatever it is it is such a short amount of time and yeah I love the idea of choose your heart right like what pain (laughs) we're all gonna have to deal with stuff so what is your favorite kind what is worth enduring
1: For something. Exactly. And what do you want to spend most of your days doing? Like, because we Mm -hmm. live in the day. We don't live in the once a year moment. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm just, for better or for worse, I I need to be in the day. Like, I need to love the day that I'm in, regardless of what's happening, you know, find meaning in it. Impatience led me to not plan for the future as well as I could Mm -hmm. have. So I did have to strike that balance that I, I now think I'm doing pretty well at because I'm able to understand that the process of like creating art, for example, the process of writing a book is so enjoyable to me versus writing a book so that it'll be successful so that I'll feel that one day and I'll feel that I'm good enough. It's like, oh man, that is a, that's a losing game in any direction.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, you write in your book about your past self and how you used to be someone who struggled with, like you said, I'll be happy when living for the future. And now you've really had this shift in recognizing that all you have is today and you can want both. But if we, wait until we're happy to live our life. That is what most of our life is going to be. Waiting.
1: Waiting. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I write about this in in Radically Content a lot that I did feel that I was waiting for my ship to come in and Mm -hmm. not recognizing that it's like get on any ship, you know, just like (laughs) do you like or like jump in the water, do something. Mm. You know, and I I was doing stuff. I won't say that I was completely not, but I just didn't have the correct mindset for me. You know, it's really different for me now where it's like I'm I'm excited for what's to come. I'm anticipating mm-hmm. what's to come. I'm not I'm currently miserable, so hopefully what's to come is going to take that away. I just know yes. enough to know that that's not going to happen and so I have to really figure out how to structure my day so that it's much more in line with how I want to feel on a day to day basis, instead of leaving it up to like, I can't, and and also so much of those things are out of our control. Like we don't know how things yeah. are going to perform. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. We don't know if we're going to get that promotion or what's going to happen with the the relationship or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so putting all of it onto this future date. I mean, it's a way of avoiding the sticky, uncomfortable work of actually. Mm-hmm dealing with the present moment. Because, you know, we say we're like, be present. And it's like, well, yeah, that isn't always that. I don't always want to be present.
0: Yeah. And I think people don't know what it what it looks like, really. I think that's where it gets into, I don't want to be present, or I don't know how to be present, or how can I be present in my life and enjoy my life, but also be ambitious. And I think that's what your book does such a phenomenal job of explaining that balance.
1: Right. Because most of what we hear is like, it's either Eckhart Tolle, who's like, sit on a bench, you know, and I'm like, I love Eckhart. I'm not saying that Mm -hmm. there's a time and a place for bringing those kinds of texts into our life. Or it's like, you got to crush it all the time. And like, never stop, always hustle. And I was like, where is the middle? Like, Mm where's the middle of people who like, I want to be done. I love to work. And I love to do creative stuff, but I also love when I'm done. And I was like, and I felt like ashamed of that. Mm. I was like, why do I want to have, like, I felt ashamed for a long time. Like, why do I want to have a life? You know, it's like, (laughs) I should be crushing it. Like, why do I want to go to sleep before midnight? Like that's, (laughs) am I not ambitious enough? Am I not Mm. like, you know, I never, I was never hashtag girl boss ever. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, yeah. Hashtag, can I like go on a trip? Like, I don't want to girl boss my life, you know? But at the same time, understanding that I also did have ambitions and there were Mm -hmm. things I wanted to do. I just had this really wild idea that maybe you can do all of those things while also not working 15 hours a day or Mm -hmm. getting hyped up about how busy you are.
0: That's the other thing I really love about you, Jamie, is you really encourage celebrating your life, living your life not like being unapologetic in what brings you joy. And you talked about the trap of relatability as someone who is online, especially women. Will you share more about that?
1: Yeah, so what kind of inspired that was I started seeing a lot of this term, she's no longer relatable as Mm. like a weaponized thing. And it was like, really what you were saying was like she got a certain level of success Mm -hmm. that I no longer am okay with. And like, have you ever, ever said to a man, you're just not relatable anymore? Never, never. So, you know, it's weaponized when it when you can see a a person and we're all seeing Mm -hmm. the same person, you know, like a type of person, (laughs) then, you know, it's been weaponized against women because, okay, I'm down like, yes, let's be relatable. I'd rather have that over the highlight reel. Yes, let's be real. I like that, you know, I've always tried to keep it as real as possible online. But when it starts becoming this thing of like, now I'm holding you hostage to this person Mm. you used to be, or, you know, I was rooting for you before Mm. when you were the underdog, I was rooting for you. But now, you know, like, I will say that interestingly, which might not even be that interesting or that surprising, but like, my engagement has gone down the more that I've done well, yes, you know, the more that I, I don't have as much to share and in, in the way of I'm struggling today or I'm having a hard time today. Mm-hmm. And part of that was having this beautiful community that was so affirming. And I was able to express mm-hmm. myself and work out a lot of things. I also did an intense period of healing. Like I was in my mm-hmm. healing era, like for a long time. Yeah. And, and then you get to get out of your healing era, like eventually, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, it's, you got to leave that cocoon. And I mm-hmm. have left that cocoon. And now I'm like in the living life part of my era. And I, I don't have as much to relate, I guess. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's been one of the things that I've seen on my reviews um, that I try mm. not to look at. But sometimes you just it's happen so to get hard. on there. And you're like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask. So people have said that to you.
1: Yeah, it's Sorry. like, It's like they they'll say, well, I liked this book. And it's usually people outside of my audience. But then I saw Mm -hmm. she had a big Instagram following or, Mm. you know, I just don't relate to this. Like she just picked up and went to Paris. Like that's not relatable. And it's like, that's not what the book was. Like I, I'm sitting there telling you that I was miserable looking at the Eiffel Tower, like, but it is that sort of must be nice or, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, I wish I had those problems or at this. And at the same time, I also get it that we are Mm -hmm. inundated with a lot of stuff that is unrelatable. Personally, I'm just not the type of person that's going to throw that in someone's face. I'm just going to mute them or unfollow and be like, you're, we're not on the same vibe. I mean, I think we're in a time right now where people are definitely feeling powerless. There's, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're in this like massive, unprecedented, striking situation that's happening. And so I think there is a collective feeling about this. And it's like people are maybe taking out their frustration on like, maybe I would say the wrong people. Like I saw on a podcast, I don't know how I... found myself in the reviews for this for one podcast but someone was like <laughs> I used to love this but then what's her name bought a house and that's just not relatable like it I mean doesn't she realize oh it's a fixer-upper and she was like doesn't she realize like her complaining about the fact that she owns a house mm. is like not relatable and it was like wow we're going we're going far with this People, yeah. things. Ha- I mean, I get it. It's hard to deal with jealousy and comparison. I mean, the internet is just, uh, I struggle with it. Like comparison is the hardest thing. The one thing that would ever drive me off the internet is comparison because mm-hmm. I just get, oh, it's hard to watch. But yeah. I also am like, sit with yourself for a second. You know, like you and I share mm-hmm. this belief so much because I know we, we overlap on a lot of these things, yes. but it's like, Sit with yourself Mm -hmm. with the trigger. Like I get triggered too, but then I have to take it back and be like, what's this illuminating for me? Instead of you're wrong and I got to call you out for this. Right. I'm like, I just don't think that we're progressing in that, in the right direction for that. Yeah. I feel like there's been a bit of an overcorrect.
0: I talked about this. I did a, an episode about how I decided whether to have kids or not. And I feel like there's an overcorrect that's happened with motherhood. And I think it, it intersects with what you're talking about where it used to be online, we only shared like perfect pictures of families and perfect houses. And there's almost been this like overcorrect now where I feel like my whole I mean, it's so funny when you decide to have kids because all of a sudden your feed just like becomes parenthood. Right. <laughs> and it's so specific to, right? Like if you're not a parent, you don't see it. But for my feed, it was just like women crying and being so upset and being like, never have kids. This is horrible. I, I think it's great that more women are being honest and showing up. I think it's great we're having conversations about how difficult it is in all aspects of our life. But if you share anything slightly positive about being a parent now, it is like, you're not relatable, must be nice to have child care. And I like try to be so I'm self-conscious because I'm like, I know I'm so privileged. I can afford childcare. I can have all these things. And there's just been an overcorrect, I think.
1: Ah, oh, that's such a good word. I think in a lot of areas there's been an overcorrect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here it's almost like, can I be brave for a second? My <laughs> life, like my life is going well, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. yes. Is it okay for me to share <laughs> that? Like, I had a good week. You know, it's yeah. like it is funny though because that is kind of how people approach it. Like, and I, I, I guess in some ways it's good, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm not loving that now we're at this place where if anyone's happy, it's like, oh, they're faking, or it's the highlight yes. reel. And well, I guess though, when you heal and you do some of this healing work and self work, those like really heightened moments aren't as high. Like if something happens, you're just like, oh okay, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like last week, I got some news that wasn't ideal. And I was Mm -hmm. just like, okay, how would I like to respond to this instead of like, I'm not like screaming, crying, throwing up like, Oh, my God, you know, I just don't have a brave share for that. You know, like, like I don't have a heightened response to it. Because I'm just like, I know how to how to kind of approach it. And, And there are times where that's not the case. But like one time, I shared that Because I did have some self doubt struggles um, Mm -hmm. earlier in the year. I mean, having your first novel come out, like, I I thought Radically Content prepared me. It did not, (laughs) because I had to face all the things of like, you're not good enough. So you're just not good mm-hmm. enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. No one's going to read it. No one's going to read it like all day, every day. And I've shared like on my story at one point, like I'm having a hard self-doubt day. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And then, you know, it was a quick succession, but it was actually like hours later because just how you watch stories. But then I went yeah. for a walk and I was like, okay, I have this in perspective. It's okay. I understand this. And I was like, you know, I went for a walk and it really helped. Da, da, da. And, you know, I got that message of like, well, not everyone can just go for a walk and they're like, anxiety goes away. And I was like, "Yes, I'm not even giving advice. Right, I'm not saying you should go for a walk. You- I'm just mm-hmm. saying for me, I have in the past a very strong history of depression and anxiety. This is mm-hmm. not like I just am a happy-go-lucky person and I just get more happier right. and more lucky, you know? It's like, <laughs> I've, I've had to deal with stuff. And so yeah. this is like a hard one. It's hard one for me that mm-hmm. a walk would actually clear my self-doubt for the day yeah. because that is not how it used to be, you know? So I was like excited, but without that context maybe, but then how much context do I have to provide every single time? Like, okay, well, just to let you know, you know, I was in therapy at 14. I have struggle, like I did Mm struggle, you know, it's like, I don't know how else to, and it has kind of made me less likely to share things, and put up a bit of a boundary. I don't know if how you feel, but your Instagram has grown quite a bit too and my mine and like mine has grown more than I expected and yeah. it is a real be careful what you wish for conundrum because yeah. i it invites a lot of opinions and and a lot of people who just by seeing the k next to your mm-hmm. number really want to find something wrong with what you're saying and it's almost like that is kind of what they're searching for and i'm like yeah. wow i had this really amazing community where we were just discussing things it's and it's changed absolutely
0: yeah absolutely i think too people forget that like just because you have a big account doesn't mean but it's not you, it's not a person behind there or that they think that you make tons of money on Instagram. And it's like, no, we all do this because it's a way to promote the other thing that we put a lot of time and effort into. And it's like advertising for that essentially. And this is free content that you get because of this. So yeah, I I completely agree. It's it's interesting. I was so sick when I was pregnant that I pretty much had to take eight months off from it. I was, I was on like a little bit. Yeah, it was a very interesting experience, but I realized how addicted I was to the constant growth, the numbers, feeling like I had to post every day, Really being, when I look at it from an anxiety perspective, like hyper vigilant about my account. If I didn't respond to everyone, someone could cancel me or call me out. And it really wasn't until I physically could not do it that I was like, okay, I'm not gonna die if I don't monitor every single second of this account.
1: Yeah, because you are hyper vigilant, not just in what people have said to you directly, but watching how other people treat other accounts, you know, that's yes. my vigilance is like, I yes. have not had really terrible interactions, but mm-hmm. it's like, I almost sort of adapt and learn yeah. based on, you know, right. no,
0: you're watching it to see when it will happen to you. Almost.
1: Right. Exactly. Like I remember someone years ago that I had known who they got like, I don't know, they've read like 30,000 followers. And at that time it was like, Whoa, she's big deal. Yeah. And there was like a whole forum dedicated up mm. to her of like, oh, I see she doesn't even answer all her comments. She only answers mm. like the big people or the important people or this. And I so it's like, okay, answer all comments, yes. you know, or like she doesn't respond to her messages anymore. Okay. Answer mm. all messages. This is how yes. you make sure everybody likes yes, you. Right. Every- this is
0: how you stay safe. Absolutely. Right?
1: And you don't even, it's not like that conscious because- Here's what people will think. If you don't like you're too big time, Mm -hmm. you're too this, you're too this. Like I remember when I started getting some like celebrity people in my, Mm -hmm. in my world. And I was like, okay, Jamie, make sure that you don't just like, you know, you don't just repost them and you don't just, Uh, you know, it's like this monitoring that I don't even know until you stop doing it. Mm -hmm. That you're like, Oh wow. That was kind of like taking up brain space that I didn't realize was being taken up and, I don't want to be like that. But you do kind of learn how to adapt and make sure that, yeah, like you feel safe. Because it does, it hurts when you get mm-hmm. called it, like when someone's mean to you. Yeah. I feel like, have we forgotten this? Like, right. I don't care if you say it online or to my face, it still feels the same. Yes, it does.
0: And your your body and your brain don't know the difference either. So there's nothing wrong with you that your body has a physiological Response
1: (laughs) to right your body isn't like this is a troll it's like no No. (laughs) that hurt (laughs) you know I mean yeah and and I've had to come to terms with the fact that like to do what I do well Mm -hmm. and to to have the relationship I have with my creativity that serves me but the fact that I cannot turn off my sensitivity because then I'm Mm -hmm. actually turning off something that's completely essential to me and my own joy. So I'm like, Mm. I just have to expect that sometimes this is going to wound, you know, and that's part of it. But I'm not going to pretend and be haters going to hate. Like, that's not my vibe at all.
0: Yes, absolutely. No, I love that. I agree. I think that's what's so hard. And I think it's really hard, too, because like you said, you want that feedback you want that community i think the most fun moments i have whether on this podcast or online are when i'm in community with people are when people are sharing their feedback or asking me questions and then that helps spark another idea and i don't know how people just create in a vacuum because we don't live in a vacuum so it is really hard to find that that distinction or even you know i'm such a big believer that feedback is just like crucial for growth how am i supposed to get better at something and help more people. If I don't know what works and, and what doesn't or what people's feedback is, but it's also really hard, like you said, because I try to go from like, is there any constructiveness <laughs> in this feedback, right? Like I also try not to take it seriously. People who don't follow me, don't listen. I mean, it's part of why I started a podcast. Cause I'm like, at least if you're gonna hate me, you've got to listen for, for a little bit. <laughs> And you got to get to know me a little bit before just, you know, being a, an anonymous account, just like trolling
1: me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, I mean, I think people would be surprised at, at the way that I respond to if someone comes at me. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, why did you say that? You yeah. know, like, what's, what's the intention here? What do you want me mm-hmm. to respond with? And, you know, just to remind you, like, I am a human, so I yep. did see this. Yeah. Um, And I just want to let you know, you know, and I, because I, I just don't think that there's any way to. And I've had uh, um, most of the time people apologize. Yeah. And they go, you know what? I'm sorry. I was taking it out on you. I'm having a bad day mm-hmm. or something. And I'm like, all oh, good. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. I get it. I can't do that with my reviews because that would look right. hinged <laughs> on good. <reviews. laughs> How are you? <laughs> How much of my
0: book did you really read before right, you moved like, That's me your, what I want to ask. Show people. me your percentage
1: <laughs> point. Like, show me your thing. Yes, you know, and whatever. I and I've had some mm-hmm. that I look at and I'm like, fair. You know, I can see yeah. how it was interpreted that way. I can see, yeah. you know, I think with self help especially, people love mm-hmm. to feel superior. Like they're like, yes. I mean, I already knew all of this. It's like, all right. That's awesome.
0: Right. This book wasn't for you. Yeah. Like, I'm so (laughs)
1: glad that this was so above your, like, Mm. reading level and your Mm -hmm. ascendant level. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, I'm great. I'm happy for you. Like, you talk about a topic that I love to talk about, which is being mindful about drinking, and people have strong Mm -hmm. opinions (laughs) about drinking. That is. They do always surprises me when I see. I'm like, huh, that's an interesting hill to be on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, yeah. like people are Absolutely. interesting. I I find it kind of fascinating though. Like I, because I'm a novelist, everyone mm-hmm. is a character study. You know. Mm. So some I kind of sometimes can take like I, I just see the the mechanics at work. Of course you. I mean, you love to study people, too. That's what you do, you know?
0: Yes. I psychoanalyze people sometimes. (laughs) Like, what's wrong with them?
1: Right. I'm like, I see what's at play here. Like, you think maybe you haven't done your dream and you want to take someone down. I get Mm -hmm. it. I feel for you. Okay. Like, maybe this helped you feel better to feel superior in this moment. And so it's kind of, uh, I, I start to understand people's motivations, which definitely informs my characters.
0: Just wanted to pop in here really quick and share that now that summer is officially over, it is a great time to get back into therapy or to start therapy for the first time. My practice therapy for women has licensed therapists in 27 states across the country, or if you're local to the Philadelphia area, we have a few offices for in-person therapy as well. I'm also so excited to share that we have officially launched Therapy for Kids, which is our sister practice, and we will serve kids ages five and up. We have specialized pediatric therapists who can't wait to meet your kids, who also can support your family with parent coaching and family therapy if you live in the Pennsylvania area. Learn more at TherapyForKidsCenter.com. So I wanted to shift into, yeah, because you talked a little bit about, right, your your novel coming out. And I know you've written two. Tell me about, because you said a lot of self-doubt came up through this process. I mean, you shifted genres, which I feel like is not very common, very difficult to do. Can you tell us a little bit about that process and how the self-doubt manifested for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I I didn't have a lot of self doubt with radically content, I think, because I knew I didn't always want to be a self help author. So it wasn't like Mm I was building Mm -hmm. something. I always wanted to write novels, but I knew that I had something to say, like radically content to me, felt like complete. I'm like, this is my life philosophy. Yeah. And you know, as much as people might not see this part I put in there so many times like I'm an ongoing lesson in myself you know and so of course I think I had the moment where all the things that I had been dreaming of that I thought I didn't need like I wrote radically content as a response to the fact that like Mm. I still hadn't achieved the things that I thought I would achieve by that point in my life. Like I I had ambitions as a very young, you know, as a teenager, I got to be a published author by 21. I don't know why, you know, a millionaire by 30, (laughs) all these things that I just had in my head that were the, what you do when you're successful. And so then, of course, as things work, I would write that book and then all the things would come true, <laughs> you know? It's like, yes. then that book randomly, who gets a, a film adaptation for a yeah. memoir self-help book? It's I don't know. It's incredible. Me, me, apparently. You yeah. know, like all of yeah. a sudden that's happening. And then, oh my God, you get the agent of your dreams, the literary agent of your dreams. And then somehow you get a book deal with Harper Collins and all of this. And yeah. I was like, the first time in my life where I had super crazy imposter syndrome, I mm. was just like- do I deserve this? You know, and mm-hmm. the thing with the novel, too, was I, this is kind of, I don't know if I'm going to be able to articulate this that well, but like, I don't know, sometimes when you do have that Instagram following, it can feel like you're getting opportunities because of the number and maybe not mm-hmm. the talent, right? Yes. And yes. with the novel, I knew it had nothing to do with the numbers because it's just mm-hmm. about the book. Yeah. No, and when it's with a nonfiction self-help book, they really do put a lot on your platform. But when it comes Mm -hmm. to a novel, it is a totally different thing. They want it professionally reviewed. There's going to be people Mm -hmm. back on Goodreads reviewing it. There's a lot more there is a personality at play, like it's not going to hurt to have a platform, but it's definitely not the selling point. And so I felt like kind of for the first time in my life, I was opening myself up to being truly, truly judged on the merit of my skill level and talent, Mm -hmm. which I've avoided that out of fear Mm -hmm. in the past so there was a lot of self-doubt in terms of am I good enough like truly am I good enough I mean did I do this right I also had the unfortunate circumstance where my previous agent before the one I had now had told me that this exact novel that I wrote wasn't good enough Mm. and so I had that in my head you know then I got like positive reviews from like Publishers Weekly and Kirkus and I'm like yeah wait a second am I like good at this you know and also had to remind myself that like good enough is completely random and subjective and you know there's a whole other thing there but I do think there was this very weird transition period where I was had to really change my identity from the person that was the underdog of like things mm. don't happen for me and I make the most of it, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I am resilient. And, you know, I wrote this whole book about how you can be happy when nothing is going the way that you expected in your life. And then it was like, plot twist. Here's all the things. <laughs> yeah. Now see how you're going to deal with it. Like, and of course, I went back into as is easy to do. Oh my God, once this happens, it'll make me happy. Once I get the agent, once I get the book deal, once this, da, 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 and you very easily can shift back into that old programming, that old idea of yourself. And I was like, no, we're not this way anymore. Like I, I was like, I have to learn a new way of being radically content while within this too, because you can still do it like okay, once you get the book deal, and then once you sign the contract, and then once you get the first review, and then once this, Mm -hmm. and like every, you could do it your whole career. And, you know, I started to meet a lot of interesting people, talk to a lot of people who, you know, it's like, okay, they were in like an Oscar winning movie. And then it's, you got to have something else in your life besides that, or they won this award, and they did this, and you start to recognize that, oh, this is... This is everywhere. And you like recently, I was just, I'm like, you either gotta be able to hold yourself through this and keep the same thought process as I had back in 2021, 2020, when nothing was going on, when I was still getting all the rejections and keep mm-hmm. the same process here because it nothing really changes. And you think, like, I think when Radically Content came out, I spent maybe like a month or two being like, is anything changed? Did anything yeah. change? And it doesn't. And I and mm-hmm. I had a successful book. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. so, you know, and then it goes, well, maybe if my book had hit the New York Times bestseller list. Right. Oh my God, right. here we go. You know, it's like <laughs> didn't hit the New York Times bestseller list, but is in works to be adapted into a film. But it's like, no, yeah. I need that. Oh my God, mm-hmm. you know, I just was very observant of my thoughts and the way that they were really... Just getting wild and doing some, yeah. it, you know, that just that old programming hit in so hard, you know, it started to become like, oh, okay, well, I got one book deal, but what about the next book deal? And mm-hmm. then what about the next? And what about the ne-? And it's like, we're not going to do this. So just had to kind of grapple with a lot of that and You know, now I feel like I'm coming into, I'm returning to a lot of my spirituality where it's just like, Mm -hmm. whatever's meant to be, will be. yeah. Whatever's meant to happen, will happen. And that is the only, because that's the only certainty I can rely on. Because Mm -hmm. trying to have these high expectations, you just never know what's going to happen. And I have to stay grounded with myself because now I kind of understand when people who have been very successful. Some of the things that I've heard them say, Mm -hmm. and I'd be like, yeah, I have that must be nice. (laughs) You know, like, all right, easy to say Grammy winner or like Academy award winning actress or something. But it's like, oh no, I get it. Like Mm -hmm. I get it. You really have to have your own wellness. You have to have your own back. And you have to like living your day because that's, that's really what you have.
0: That's what you can control. Right.
1: And mm-hmm. it all seems very obvious and simple, but you realize we don't all do it. And we all yeah. kind of romanticize achievement. still, you know, that's because mm-hmm. that's the must be nice, right?
0: Yes. It's like yes. your
1: life is better. Yeah. And it's, What I've noticed is as you ascend into different levels of success that you didn't know were possible, is that the only true thing is you just switch for different problems.
0: 100%. I mean, I think that is like, there's one of my favorite quotes is, I'm going to probably butcher this. It is like, with each new level of success, all you find is a new club that you're the worst member of like every, every ladder you climb, you know, and I just feel like that is so because I remember when I someone reached out to me just being like, would you ever want to write a book? And I was like, oh, oh, my God, I wildest dreams. I don't care how my book does. Then I needed an agent. And I wanted a top five publisher. Then I needed to do well, then I needed Then I was comparing myself to all the other therapists and their books. And it's wild how it's never enough if you don't, if you don't check yourself,
1: right? Like that's the thing you you could stop at. It's wild how it's never enough, but there's a way that's what I love. There is a way to Mm -hmm. bring yourself back from the brink because, you know, I was starting to do that same thing. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. so I got a positive review from Kirkus, but it wasn't a starred review. What's Mm -hmm. wrong with me that it's not a starred. It's like, Jamie, you're in rarefied world right now anyway. Yes. Like you're yeah. in this space and I'm not trying to like, I don't have to shame myself, but it's just kind of like mm-hmm. perspective, perspective. Let's mm-hmm. bring it back to like, let's be grateful. We're in this position. We used to dream of this. So now let's not mm-hmm. take it. Like, it's like, I'm trying to take it from myself mm-hmm. by not recognizing that it's like, I've always wanted to be here. It's, it's kind of for me, it's like, I visualize it as I'm running, in front of the cart, when I need to just be behind it, you know, it's like, Mm. whatever comes, let that be incredible, like, let that be what is meant to be here in my life. And I need to just trust that there's always a reason for me, like, I make a meaning out of that. I'm not a big, everything happens for a reason I'm not going to put that on someone else. Like, I'm not going to tell you what your reason should be because that's just rude. Um, But for (laughs) me, I'm able to see here's the meaning behind this and recognizing that it had always felt like if I could just get that book deal for a novel, I would never doubt myself. I would never. Mm -hmm. And it just showed me like, you still will because you, you acclimate to your yes. level so quickly. It's, it's terrifying. Yes. You're like, are it you serious? This is already is. old news. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's, it's literally like the hedonic treadmill, right? It's just like the next thing, the next thing you just acclimate. It's, it is like the best and worst thing I feel like about our brains is that we can adapt to anything. It's wonderful, right? Cause we can survive and we can go through things and we can adapt. It's how we survived for you know so long, but it also is that you can adapt to anything that's wonderful and it becomes normal.
1: Right. Like you forget that that wasn't your reality so fast. And I need, and I've tried to really figure out, like, I, I do feel like right now I'm in the radically content part two of my mm. own philosophy. Cause I'm yeah. just like, I'm figuring something else out, like what happens yes. when you do get all the things, and I'm not saying I'm. Gonna yeah, really, I'm not putting this like I'm gonna write. It a would book. be a cool
0: little epilogue, though. Yeah, and like epilogue. what happens when all your dreams do come yeah. true? are you still able to be radically content?
1: Right, like P. Does it
0: change? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm still figuring this out because I I do think there's got to be a better way to. Mm -hmm. both be able to you know radically content is like how do you deal with life not going the way that you expected Mm -hmm. and now how do you really truly like I don't think that we should have to be stressed out and anxious and unhappy when we do see the fruits of our labor like Mm -hmm. I I just and I don't mean that in any kind and I don't ever want to be on the treadmill and I never want to be more, and more, and more, more, more. I always want to be like, if I am calling in more, it's an intentional decision to do that. But I am trying to figure out how to, I guess, receive success in a very gracious way while also not being like, well, why didn't I get that? And why didn't I get that? You know, I think a lot yeah. about just celebrity in general. You know, I look at like, like someone like Molly Shannon, for example, mm-hmm. like she, she's never been the lead. But she is just so content and happy. Like I've heard it. I've listened to her on podcasts where like she loves doing her weird character actors and her weird guest stars. And she really loves that. And I'm like, I want to study what that is. I love that. You don't have to be top of the bill, the Mm -hmm. main character, like, but you're your own main character. Like you're your own
0: main character energy. (laughs)
1: Right. Main character energy. Side mm-hmm. note, there is a novel up, com- Yeah, you know. that's Jamie's book. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's book. We'll talk about uh, it in the end, yeah. <laughs> um, like, you know, because I think about it too. It's like, so obviously Taylor Swift right now, top of her game, mm-hmm. most incredible, breaking all the records. But it's like, does that mean that the artists who aren't, we don't appreciate them? Or like, are they less yeah. than? Because they're not selling out back to back stadium tours, or they Mm -hmm. don't have every single album trend, like charting on the Billboard 100. I don't think that's right. But that's how we think in our mind, sometimes as creators. And so I've I've become very curious with all of that, I guess, like, is the only worthy place to be number one? Or... Mm -hmm. Does that have to mean anything if you're not number one? And so I'm just playing around with a lot of this where I'm trying to understand myself because the thing is, is that there could be an argument. I feel like I can hear the bros in my head going, but if you don't believe you're number one, you'll never get to number one. You know, (laughs) you're just like... Okay, bro. Like there's only one number one spot. Mm -hmm. How are we all going to get up there? It's no space. So I have to, you know, then tell myself the way that you can do this is that say at one point I do get to number one, I feel like I can receive that better. Like, I just, I don't know. I guess I want to give myself space for all the ways where you don't have to have this very narrow version of what success is and see like, because I've held myself hostage to that in the past.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's such a great way to put it. Because I've in the past, for example, when I have been struggling or comparing myself on social media is I've checked myself and been like, do I wish? Because I thought like, well, you know, my account isn't good enough. Why should I bother? Maybe no one needs another podcast. Maybe no one needs another Instagram account. And then I try to remember like, would I wish that just because an artist isn't as big, like you said, as like Taylor Swift or someone that they didn't have their music? No, more music is more music. It's wonderful. Like more actors are more amazing actors just because someone isn't getting Oscars or getting the lead in every TV show, we need people in all of these different roles. That's what makes art amazing.
1: Yeah. And I feel like this is going up against like the societal view of things. It's like this isn't my brain saying that Mm. this is the societal way of celebrating the top build cast members celebrating the number one celebrating this while also just being because it's just like it's splashy it's big. It's impressive. The number one, the big, like that version of success. And it's just, I have to really pull myself back from the brink because I know it's not going to feel the way that you ever expect. And if you want it so much and think that it's going to prove something to you, it's going to feel even worse because it does feel Mm. very empty. So I've had to really kind of redefine, continuously redefine success Mm -hmm. and really just have to trust and radically content was just the biggest teacher because there was so many things that happened that I never expected. And then so many things yeah. that didn't happen that I would have loved to have happened. And just living in that, that kind of like middle of it all, you can drive yourself crazy this way. And mm-hmm. and I have, like I have. Yeah. And so I'm just yeah. trying to figure out in the moment with all the things that I do have coming up, all the things that are in, in process, how to really have a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. with my dreams coming true and that they matter to me. But like, it's not that serious. Yeah, (laughs) like absolutely. Like I take it seriously, but I can't Mm -hmm. be so intense about it because it takes me out of my life. Like I cannot be having Mm -hmm. dinner with a friend or something. And I'm over here like, but my novel, what about my novel? Is my novel going to sell one? Is my novel, you know, it's like,
0: that's not a life. Absolutely. I mean, I I love that. And I think that's where you you talk about, that's why habits are important. That's why routines are important because these are the things, right? At the end of the day, you can have all your dreams come true, but the majority of your life is going to be spent doing the thing it's on the journey. It's the thing that is going to bring you fulfillment isn't just going to be the accolades and the praise that's not sustainable. So I think that's really where Radically Content really comes in as you talk about how do we balance our ambition, but also being content at the same time.
1: I mean, I will be the first to say that realizing that consistency is the thing that makes me so happy is the biggest plot twist of my life. So I was like, (laughs) I am a free spirit YOLO. I can Mm -hmm. never live the same day twice and I don't, but you know, I have some consistent buckets that I need to do them to feel happy with myself and Mm. they do contribute to my well-being and to find out that those big achievements are a real spike in excitement and then don't have a lot of lasting well-being I was Mm. like that's kind of freeing because now I know that like okay those big moments are great but also me sitting down and writing every day or as as consistently as I, I put it into my schedule or You know, just this morning, like I have a big thing that I have to turn in, and -hmm. there's a lot of pressure on it. Like there is. Yeah. And yet I was still able to sit down and write. Like I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. but we know how to do this. Mm. We know not to take this pressure to mean anything. You know, just like sit down right? Be focused on the process, be focused on, you know, what's going to come together. You know, it it like, even as I'm thinking of my next book, it's, I'm so happy that I've gotten back to the place where I'm thinking of, I can't wait to write this Mm. and not, I can't wait for it to come out. It's like, it hasn't even been born yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's not born yet. I mean, I'm sure you Mm. have experienced this. I can imagine like, there's so many different moments throughout a pregnancy where like you experience so many different things. It's like then the baby comes out and it's something totally different. And that's how it feels when you kind of like commit to something long term. And I worry sometimes that we've kind of gotten away from that work just because things are very immediate. And I have just seen personally the benefit of how, proud I feel of myself when I actually stick to my own word, when I actually do what I say I'm going to do and I don't get caught up in, was this good enough? Is it perfect? Is it this? I'm just like, no, it's not good enough. It's not perfect. It's not there yet, but you're still going to sit down and do it, you know, or just the benefit of exercising regularly. And, you know, I still, to this day, I've been exercising regularly for a long time. And I still, to this day, every time I take a walk when I don't want to do it, I'm like, you go good job. <laughs> you're out here, you know, like yes. your favorite music. You're going to be yeah. okay. We're out here. And I mean, especially like right now, it's like a hundred degrees out. I'm like, you get out there, you're going to do it. Good for you. You know? And I'm like, why don't we normalize that? Like we should be normalizing, cheering ourselves on instead of like, we'll be like, well, I mean, okay, you're walking today, but did you walk yesterday? Did you walk? It's like, you're there already though. Be in that.
0: Well, absolutely. That's what I think you and I are very aligned in too is I think there's this overcorrect, right? From like, it's either like boss babe or just completely let yourself off the hook and don't do anything. And it's like, actually the magic is in the middle. It's in being really kind to yourself, but also being this like loving parent to yourself that is like, you'll feel better if you go for a walk, I know you don't want to, right? Or you'll feel better if you do what you say you're going to do, because that's a great way to help your confidence. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You can take care of yourself and not beat yourself up or run yourself ragged.
1: Exactly. I mean, I don't, I write all my books in like one to two hours a day. I do not If I say to myself, Jamie, you got to sit down and write for eight hours. I will be on TikTok for eight (laughs) hours. Yes. Eight straight hours right into, okay, now I'm going to watch TV. Like that's how my brain's going to work. So yeah, I mean, I agree. I think there's been, I think we are in the age right now of overcorrection. It's like, it's such Mm. extremes where it's like yeah. nothing has ever happened in these extremes. And yes. there's got to be something that comes, you know, eventually where we want to land is in the middle. You know, I saw that a lot in the pandemic. You and I had some convos about this where it was yes. like very normalized of like, don't get out of bed today. It's okay. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it is okay. But how do you want to feel? Or you know, there was a right. lot of normalizing of like, you're drunk all day, but who cares? Yeah. It's a pandemic, you know? And I was like, and I'm, I'm the type of person, unfortunately, that I get like FOMO and I'm like, maybe mm-hmm. I'm doing it wrong. And like, I'm not yes. having fun and I'm not doing, mm-hmm. I'm not on a boat. I think when you really commit to like actually taking care of yourself and not memifying your mental health. And, you know, I do think that you can heal and work on certain things and truly, you know, reparent yourself. And I do think that there's ways to transcend and heal past certain things that have been very hard to. uh, There's certain things that like that walk is like life saving. That keeps me okay. And so, you know, I don't can't make jokes about it when it comes to books, especially, I'm like, it does not, it's, it doesn't always pay you back as much as you want. So like you have to love it. And if you don't Mm -hmm. love it, like do other things. I do it because I love it. And like, I want to tell stories and it makes me really, really happy. And that means that every part of the process is like enjoyable to me. And I know how it feels when it's not. And so I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to do that. Um, so you know, I just kind of try to go back to that. You know, I was even talking to one of my friends who is a mom who said like, mm-hmm. Mother's Day is now hard online. Because are you like, allowed to love being a mom? Mm. And like, yeah, like she genuinely, I've never mm. experienced someone who has the unending patience and love for being a mom. Mm. Like, I've she's never complained ever. And I'm not saying that that, right. that has to be, see, the exception right. again. Yeah. I'm like, that doesn't have to be everyone's <laughs> <Right>. experience. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm not saying that everybody has to be that way. Because I also feel like as much as we need people to say it's okay to not be okay, I feel like we also need mm. people who can say there is hope. Like you can be happy. Yes. You can also experience joy. You can also experience this. I think yes. maybe where the problem has been is that we've made it too prescriptive. Like what you said, yeah. that's a really great word of like, no, you have to be happy or you right. have to be unhappy or you have to be this. And it's like, let's not, I try really hard with my writing to be like, whatever. Like I'm just show, I'm presenting. You could do option. this. <laughs> right. Like, Yeah. <laughs> take what you want. I'm presenting an option. If it Mm -hmm. resonates, it resonates. If not, it's it's not. You know, I'm never trying to be like you have to think like this. You have to do things this way. I do think that we've gotten again. It's the overcorrection for Mm -hmm. the. Here's how you have to be. Here's how it has to. You have to show up. My ideal world is like we all just let each other be. We are able to just access. What do we want? You wanna be a you wanna have a kid, you don't wanna have a kid, you wanna be like this, yep. you wanna get married, you don't wanna get like just there's no meaning on any of yes. the things. And so you right. can actually grow up feeling like, what do I want like mm. from my life? Instead yep. of having to spend your twenties doing what everyone expects of you and then spending your thirties unlearning it, and then maybe hopefully yes. <laughs> hopefully freedom at some point. Yes, absolutely.
0: Oh my gosh, Jamie, this was such an amazing conversation. I could chat with you. I know. About this for for so long. This is so before you go, can you share with us more about your novel, Main Character Energy, which is out now? What is what is it about?
1: Yeah, so main character energy, I mean, if you love my work online, you're going to love this book. It's essentially like the storytelling version of all the things that Mm -hmm. I talk about. The main character is, her name is Poppy Banks. She thinks she's going to give up on life and herself. Mm -hmm. She wants to be a novelist. She's just so run down and doesn't think things are working in her favor. Her aunt passes away and leaves her a plane ticket to the French Riviera where she goes to... She stands to inherit a villa there, but she has to write a book in six months in order to inherit it. So of course she comes up against her self-limiting beliefs. And from what I've heard from people who have read it, it's a beautiful character arc it's very rooted in real life. So it's not too fantastical. All the characters are very grounded. And yeah, I think it'll probably make you cry, and then make Mm. you feel really brave. And you're definitely going to want to go to the French Riviera because it's beautiful there. And
0: I love that. I love it's like, exactly like you said, it's a storytelling version of all that you believe in, in a way that I think that's what's so powerful about stories is that you can it isn't it isn't someone telling you what to do. It's an example that then you can relate to and take what applies and what resonates with you.
1: That's why I feel this call towards novels. I mean, I've always loved novels, Mm -hmm. but I think it's a softer, more subtle, more abstract way for me to put my philosophies into stories as opposed to here's how like as opposed to being prescriptive. It's like, okay, watch a character go through a thing and take your own interpretation and take from it what resonates with you. And that to me feels like a softer way where I'm going, um, as opposed to the self-help is always a fraught genre for me, Mm. even as someone who's in it, you know, because I think it has done, it's done a lot of good, but it's also, I think, done a lot of harm for people. Totally.
0: Oh. I love this. I love that. Thank you so much, Jamie. I will link in the show notes for Radically Content and for main character energy. We'll have to have you back and and hear how it is after you've then had the next dream, right, of like being a very successful novelist and how you navigate part three.
1: <laughs> I'm, da- I'm down for that. Love that. Thank you for having me. All right.
0: Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. To suggest an episode topic or support my work, visit AmandaEWhite.com. If you're interested in getting therapy from my practice, visit TherapyForWomenCenter.com. We're based in Philadelphia, but we have therapists serving 27 states across the country.